1: KJR-FM Seattle an iHeart Radio Station. Available everywhere on our free iHeart Radio app. Number one for music, radio, and podcasts all in one. It's the $1,000 Power Play. Presented by the Muckleshoot Casino. Sports Radio KJR-FM has your chance to win $1,000. Just enter the nationwide keyword on our website, Grand. Enter it now at 933kjr.com. Now
3: from the Star Rental Sports Desk. Your 93.3 KJRFM Sports Headlines. All right, boys and girls, here we go. Happy Friday. Headlines on Softy and Dick, brought to you by our friends at VenueKings.com. Some fat-faced, bearded, Oregon douche, you know, in a North (laughs) Face vest. Tickets available for tonight's Kraken game against the Wild, the next Seahawk home game, the Sunday after Thanksgiving against the Raiders. Use code Softy at checkout, VenueKings.com. Well, speaking of the Kraken... The guys are back home tonight again at Climate Pledge Arena, going for their sixth win in a row, 8-4-2 against Minnesota, 6-6-1. Face-off, 7 o'clock, pregame 6-30, right here on KJR. How about some quarterback news? Josh uh, Allen did not practice today. No longer
4: day-to-day, according to Sean McDermott. He is our hour wow. as far as his status minute by minute for Sunday's game against the Vikings. Kyler Murray a game time decision for the Cardinals with a hamstring injury and uh, last night Steve Wilkes after the game says PJ Walker likely will remain the starter for Pan- the Panthers against the Ravens next week
3: Aiden C double A basketball on a aircraft carrier the USS Abraham Lincoln uh, mid first half number two Gonzaga leading unranked Michigan State 11-10 as we speak Duke is up on SC Upstate whatever the hell that is. What the heck? 27-13 midway through the first half as well.
4: Speaking of whatever the hell that is, the Huskies are taking on North Florida Mm -hmm. at heck at 8 o'clock. I didn't even know there was a North Florida.
3: Well, at least we know it's in Florida. And
4: it's probably in North Florida. I
3: have no idea where SC Upstate even is. Is that (laughs) South Carolina? (laughs) South Carolina, I think, Are we sure about that? A 1,000% positive. Uh, Astro general manager James Click, despite the Astros winning the World Series, will not be back with the astros next year packers have lost corner eric stokes for the season with knee and ankle injury and a couple of games just getting underway in the nhl pittsburgh toronto lightning caps at four o'clock san jose is in dallas to take on the stars at 5 30 tonight let's get you a little fun with audio slash hey did you hear that right now It's now time for Softy and Dick's Fun with Audio. Jimmy G, porn star Jimmy, Mr. Garoppolo.
1: Now, let's have some fun with audio. All
3: right, let's get to it. Uh, Hugh Millen, by the way, is going to join us coming up at 5 o'clock on the radio show. And then 6 p.m. tonight, uh, we're going to bring the room down, close the shades, dim the lights, (laughs) and welcome in the yodeling dominatrix, a.k.a. the Austrian Amazon via Frankfurt, Germany. She's unbelievable. Her name is Manuela Horn, and she's going to join us in studio at 6 p.m. and get you all ready and riled up for the game in Germany on Sunday morning. If you want to tailgate like a local, she'll tell you how to do it, right, at 6 p.m. tonight.
4: Absolutely. Can't wait to talk to Manuela again. She's uh, done Oktoberfest. She's going to do Teatros in Zanini. She's, uh, yeah.
3: she's a local legend. She is a very much. And she's much, like 6'5". Uh, I think she's like 7'5", to be honest <laughs> with you. And I, uh, I very much cannot wait to actually see her at 6 p.m. tonight. Yeah, baby looking forward to seeing her in studio well dick let's get to a little fun with audio slash hey did you hear that what's that dick and we're gonna start by the way with our old friend mike leach mississippi state i'm just (laughs) gonna read this verbatim i have not heard this yet mississippi state head coach mike leach trying to talk seems like a pretty simple thing during his monday press conference this week
0: yeah i didn't even get to um event that you know and then all of a sudden well, they're kicking it off. And then. Uh, I'm working on this trademark cough. What do you think? Um, it's getting better, too. Um, well, then. We marched it downfield. What in the hell? I, I thought we could have been closer.
4: My god. Well, it's just getting where he says it's getting better. I mean, whatever you think
3: better is, but uh how many people in that front row are like, dude?
0: dude
3: oh, back off a little bit. It's like uh who was the guy that used to do the play-by-play for the Chicago Bulls when Jordan would do the the thing with the chalk? Yeah, I don't and remember he would, his name. He would hold up the glass over his face. LeBron, you talking about the, no, no, Jordan no. did it. Jordan, the chalk. Jordan did, did it, Jordan did it first, I think before LeBron. Didn't Jordan do the chalk on his hands, sideline at the bowl games? And they had a announcer that did radio that would hold up the glass over his face so the crap wouldn't get on him? A lot of guys have done that. Huh. That's what those guys in the front row, yes. I think, need. A shield. And uh, you know what? I wish you would have told me that was coming because I would have played my blazing saddles. Is anybody going to help that poor man? <laughs> Holy cow! Isn't anybody going to help
0: that
3: poor man? I mean, we're all sitting here laughing our asses off and the guy's having a freaking stroke, for God's sakes. Oh. That needs to be in the locomotive. That's what that thing needs oh, to be. We got to right. hear, we, we hear a slowed down version of Mike Leach coughing his ass off. At the press conference, so we'll do, so, we'll do He's that. He's a fun with today. audio
4: legend. I mean, any oh, yeah. fun with audio that includes Mike Leach is a good fun. No with audio. question. They're fat, dumb,
0: and happy and entitled.
3: Some sanctimonious troll. All right, Dick, did you happen to hear that? What's that, Dave? What's that, Dick? Uh, how about another Mike Leach drop? Speaking of Mike Leach, last week he talked about his fear that Mississippi State receivers will evolve to have small hands like a Tyrannosaurus <laughs> Rex.
0: And I'm genuinely fearful. That on our team, if, if, if me and the other coaches don't get them right, um, <clears throat> that about a generation from now, um, their kids and their grandkids won't have hands. You know, because, um, you know, f- from a lack of use, those hands just disappear. I mean, and, and maybe it'll be like this, like those dinosaur hands like this are, you see. And, and you know, you got like a Tyrannosaurus Rex whose well, hands are like this. We have to correct this because, you know, I think that uh, in the end that it's going to be best for all these guys uh, that they have good hand development and that they don't evolve to where they don't have hands.
3: (laughs) That is amazing. Well, I mean, he's got a point. If you don't use it, you lose it, right? So you better start using your damn hands if you're a Mississippi State wide receiver. He is so spectacular. Wow. He goes
4: from talking about eloping one week yeah. To Tyrannosaurus wreck his hands and a coughing fit the next Well, week. he's
3: smart because if he ever starts to lose, all he's got to do is just talk about something that's got nothing to do that's with right. football. And all of a sudden, people's attention spans are switched over to something Deflect. else. And they forget that he's not winning games. All right, let's get to this one. Dick, did you happen to hear that? What's that, Dave? Did you hear that? Hear what? After the Seahawks, excuse me, ahead of the Seahawks playing in Germany this week, Marshawn Lynch went over there last month for an online video series called Marshawn Takes Munich. Here is a compilation of Beast Mode learning the German language.
5: No, you gotta do it in German. I'm gonna translate, alright? Alright. I'm Christian. Christian Kustan. Von BSDN. Von BSDN. And we're at our Münchner flagship store. Visiting our flagship store. Flagship <laughs> store. Yeah. That's where we are. That's where we are. Oh no, I know how to say that in English. I gotta say it in German though. And this is where we are. Teach me how to throw a couple phrases out there. Germany, get ready for the Seahawks in October. November. It's October, right? But the game is but November. But it's November. All right, there we go. Deutschland. Deutschland. Macht euch bereit. Match. Mach, Begay. Macht euch bereit. Match luck. Match. Macht euch bereit. Match Für die Seahawks. Für die Seahawks. Im November. In November. There we go. Like this. What's happening? D Seahawks. Spielen gegen. Sh- say that again. Spielen gegen. Spielen gegen. Die Bucks. Die Bucks. Tampa. Las Tampa house Tampa? From Tampa. From Tampa. There you go. <laughs> Big dog status.
3: <laughs> that was wonderful. I don't know, man. I'd almost rather hear Marshawn Lynch speak German than English. I mean,
4: we've started Fun With Audio with two leeches and a Marshawn. I mean, that that's... You're coming out of the gates
3: quick, Jackson. Ah. I hope we can continue this momentum. It's all downhill from here. Uh, Dick, did you happen to hear that? What's that? What's that, Dick? During the hot game against the Lions last month, you remember DK Metcalf was carted off the field because he had to go to the bathroom. Remember that? Mm, Yes. On Kay Adams' show last week, Metcalf explaining the entire situation and what Pete Carroll told him.
2: All right, so this is the full story. (laughs) So this is the middle of the drive, and I come out for a play, and I told my receivers coach, I was like, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. He was like, you got to pee or do a number two. I said, I got to do a number two. And they had a cart ready for them. So the head trainer was like, you got to go to the bathroom. I was like, yeah. He was like, it's a cart down there. I'm like, bro, I'm not taking a cart. So then the equipment manager comes up and was like, hey, it's a cart down there. I think you should go ahead and go. Pete wanted me to do it on the sideline. I'm like, no, I got too much respect for I not can't, I can't do it on the sideline. And so I hopped on the car and went to the locker room. I was actually mic'd up that game too. So this is this is like very. Um,
4: so NFL Films has full pooping.
2: Yeah, yeah, they got they got everything.
4: Did you, did right you say that Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll wanted you to poop on the sideline.
2: Yes, because <laughs> it was like the first week of the season. Our special teams coach is uh, Larry Izzo. and he got a game ball for taking the on the sideline. When he was with the Patriots, so Pete was like, "If Larry can do it, then you can do it." And I'm like, "I'm not like Larry. I don't want to be like Larry in that aspect."
3: <laughs> so he's saying that Pete Carroll wanted him to like walk into yeah. the medical tent. Yeah, I guess. And yeah, take a dump it's in just a in bucket. bucket. Yep. Okay. Because you know Andre the Giant used to do that. Did you watch the Andre the Giant documentary? It didn't. No. Andre the Giant was so big he could not fit in the airplane bathroom, so he had to go to the back of the plane. They would close the curtains, and he would crap in a bucket on the plane.
4: Those poor flight attendants.
3: Well, poor him. How embarrassing is that? Where are you going, Andre to poop in a bucket? Oh, I mean, awful. God. I mean, maybe there should be a bathroom on the sideline, right? Maybe I don't they know should why they just... can't have a little porta potty in one of those. Exactly. Tents. Just bring what? Just bring one in. I mean, everybody knows what you're doing in there. Who yeah. cares? Like it's if it, and if it's at every
4: football game. Yeah, one in each corner. It's no big yeah. deal. Like right. after you know, it'll be a novelty the first couple games. where, like, oh look, Geno Smith's going to take a dump.
3: You know, and after that, everybody's just going to like forget <laughs> about, about it. And then Vegas starts betting on it. Yeah. <laughs> Odds of DK taking a dump during the game minus 450. Uh, all right, Dick, did you happen to hear that? What's that, What's that, Dick? The latest episode of Hard Knocks with the Cardinals showed safety Buddha Baker, former dog, impassioned speech to his team. This is before the Seahawk game, is right? Is that correct? Week five. Okay, week five. He gave a speech to his team after a week five loss to the Eagles at home. We need to step the
6: up. All of us. All of us. Set the up. Work harder. Recover. Watch more film. I'm tired of losing.
2: It hurts my heart. I'm tired of losing at home. We need to get together. Come on. Let's go, man. I love y'all boys, man. Let's go, man. Come on, I'm
4: tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired. Well, if he's tired of it then, how tired of it is Buddha after the next week losing to the Seahawks? Yep. And then two weeks after that losing to the Vikings, and then last week losing to the Seahawks. And I don't know if you saw the Ky- uh, the Kyler Murray-DeAndre Hopkins exchange on the sidelines on Hard Knocks? No, I did not. They got into it on the sidelines. DeAndre Hopkins was like, where the bleep you looking, man? I'm right over here. I'm to wide open Kyler to Murray. Kyler right. Murray, right, right. And I think Kyler was like, nah, I was just playing Call of Duty, man. I mean, don't bother me." So I mean, that's are-
3: a that is a bleep. Show yeah. football. Team. Oh, he's going to get fired at the end of the year. Uh, they are eleven and eighteen in their last twenty nine games at State Farm Stadium, and I believe they're one and four this year at home. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Buda wants out. Maybe he wants to come back home play for the Hawks. You know who was drafted immediately ahead of Buda Baker? By the way, Malik anybody? McDowell. Malik freaking McDowell. What's worse, the Seahawks taking Kristen Michael one spot ahead of Travis Kelsey or the Seahawks taking Malik McDowell one spot ahead of Buda Baker. I mean, at least one guy played in the NFL for the Hawks. Travis Kelsey is right. a better tight end yes. than Buda Baker is a safety, and they're both great players, but Travis Kelsey might be among the top three or four tight ends ever. One and small problem, though. Russell Wilson didn't throw to tight ends. That's so true. maybe Travis Kelsey
4: doesn't but become Travis Kelsey if Russell Wilson's the quarterback. If you draft Kelsey, you don't have to make the trade for Graham and Max
3: Ungers, you're still your uh, center. And you keep your draft picks yep. as well. Was that before that? Yep. Yeah no that was after I think that, that was after because it was two, 2013 that. they drafted Kristen Michael he was a rookie on the Super Bowl team right they won so you, so you wouldn't have ended up trading right for but Graham. Kelsey correct they traded Graham after that so you're oh, right oh no He's so right. okay gotcha. Jackson's gotcha, correct. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha yes but Oof. I mean I don't know dude yeah I love it I think Buda Baker is one of my favorite Huskies of all time yeah. I'd love to see him find a way to come home and play here Cut Jamal Adams and sign Buda Baker. Why not? All right, Dick, did you happen to hear that? What's that, Dave? What's that, Dick? On Monday, Colts owner Jim Ursay held a press conference to introduce new head coach Jeff Saturday, and he was very bullish on his team moving forward with the former center as the We're the
0: fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. All right, that means in the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. You want to bet against this guy? Put your money down, people <laughs> love to see it love to see it no the game is not different we don't build rockets to go to mars we're not nuclear scientists that is none of our jobs here it's a very simple jobs that we do here i don't know how to make sausage i don't know what goes into sausage but i do know how to build a football team because i've been around for 52 years you know certain people just have it they have it and, and and you see it when when you know it. I've never hired a losing head coach. We're the fourth winningest team in the league. It's not about belief. It's about fact.
3: Okay. So since Peyton Manning walked away, the Indianapolis Colts have won three playoff games in 12 seasons with Jim Irsay as the owner. Mm-hmm. Now, again, they had Andrew Luck, and that fell apart because he retired. Right. And if he would have stayed, who knows where the Colts would have gone but jim ursay man i first heard that clip and i had no idea who it was i thought it was like a character from a like the movie casino or something or goodfellas or a member of the mob and then i saw the video and saw it was jim Friggin' ursay my god
4: Jim Hershey is only sixty three years
3: of it age. Sounds like he's ninety.
4: He looks like he's ninety.
3: Well, he's, living, I mean, he's living his best life. I guess
4: if that's if that's
3: how you want to describe it, uh, living his best life, I guess, is what he's doing because wow. He that. is living his best life and does not give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good for him, I guess. What did Millen call him? We're going to find out coming up because I want to get Hughes' thoughts on that at 5 o'clock tonight yeah, on the radio show. Yeah, we'll uh, Hughes
4: had some run ins with Jim Murphy. No doubt. So we'll no see. doubt.
3: Dick, did you happen to hear that? What's that, David? Did you hear that? Hear what? Uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Seven. Seven. All right. Uh, today, today, really today, yes, yeah, today, on Good Morning Football on the NFL Network, former left tackle Joe Thomas ripping that guy, Jim Ursay, and the Colts for hiring
7: Jeff Saturday. It explains what it takes to be a head coach. The disrespect that NFL coaches have to feel when they saw that this hire was made is higher than almost anything I, I can ever possibly remember in the NFL. The commitment that it takes to be a head coach in the NFL is beyond what people can even comprehend unless you've been in that locker room. I'm gonna tell you a quick story. I lived right next door to Rob Chudzinski. He was our head coach for one season Mm -hmm. in Cleveland. He saw his children one time every week. That was Friday afternoon. We would get off about two o'clock. He would stay till three. He would pick his kids up from school. He had four kids. He would go get ice cream with them. They would come home. Then he would drop them off and go back to the office. If it was a home game, he would get to see his kids two times during the week. Sunday, they would come to the game. He would drive them home after the game, drop them off, and go back to the office. This is something that changes your life when you decide to be a coach. It's one of the reasons I don't want to coach, because I want to see my children. I want to have a life outside of football. When you're a coach in the NFL, you do not have a life outside of football. When I saw this, I thought it was a joke. It was the most egregious thing I can ever remember happening in the NFL.
3: I got to be honest with you. I am so rooting for the Colts right now to win games and just watch everybody's heads explode yeah. across the country. Can you imagine if they win this weekend against the Raiders and they got Philadelphia likely, what, 9-0 and by then when they come to town and they beat them for their first loss of the year, Pittsburgh, the Cowboys. I'm telling you, I can't wait to see it. And I'm not saying that he's wrong. I'm not as fired up as he and Florio are, but I am so rooting for the Colts to win. It's ridiculous. I, I
4: I totally get what he's saying. I totally get what Corey saying. There is saying. Yeah. I mean, there is a pecking order that needs to remain somewhat established in this whole thing. And the Colts just absolutely blew that whole pecking order out of the water.
3: Yeah, and I mean, look, every now and then there's, there's, you know, detours from the pecking order, like the Cardinals right. hiring a guy that got fired at Texas Tech. Yeah, at least he was a head right. football coach right. someplace. But the, the, the requirement to be a head coach in the NFL, my point is this. It hasn't gone from A to Z. It's gone from A to B Mm -hmm. to L to R, down to Z. Now it's Z. Right? I mean, it just keeps getting worse and worse every single year. College coaches, coordinators, guys that were fired, guys that are two-time losers, three-time losers in the NFL are getting head coaching jobs. So, I don't know. What's next? You'll hire a guy who never even played football to be your head coach. Well, I mean, the
4: problem is that, you get one guy that succeeded in Sean McVay, one guy that young guy that succeeded, and then everybody yeah. copycats and everybody thinks, and now because Cliff Kingsbury, remember remember what the uh, press release said? He was friends with Sean McVay, and that right. was one of the right. reasons why he was hired. I mean, we got guys like Brandon Staley and, Sh- and Cliff Kingsbury that can't co- coach their way out of a paper bag well, just because point. a
3: guy like Sean McVay got hired and had success. It just keeps getting worse. The standards keep getting worse, and I'm telling you, this is not the end of it. This is not the end of it. Yep. Jackson's exactly right. Ted Lasso. Yep. Somebody in the NFL is going to say we've hired the head coach of the Tottenham Hotspurs yeah. to be our next coach <laughs> that's of the Cowboys. Right, that's right. It's Motivator. It's going to happen. We've hired a basketball coach to coach our football team. I'm telling you, watch it happen. All right, uh, we got a time for a couple more. What do you want, Jackson? Which one? It's oh, number eight. I think number eight. Right there. All right, Dick. Did you happen to hear that? Was that Dave? What's that, Dick? Uh, Nick Belore's online video series between two Belors, the Seahawk uh, player. Uh, as the Seahawks fullback interviews teammates in the style of Zach Galifianakis' Between Two Ferns. In the season premiere, Belore was joined by Will Disley, who was sporting a new mustache. Welcome back, everybody, to another season of Between Two Belores. Today we
7: have Bill Disley, Will, William, Di, Will, Uncle, Uncle Will Disley. I obviously brought you on because you're the only person that can make my hairline look like Colby's. Yeah. What are you thinking with the mustache?
3: The mustache? Have you seen Tombstone? Yes. I'll be your Huckleberry?
4: Yes. You know what I'm saying? My dad rocked a mustache. Top Gun's in season. Fair enough. Why do they call you Uncle Will? Nickname originated uh, John Schneider. I think it has something to do with the fact that I look 40. But uh, I also... Have three nephews and a niece, and it's
3: one of my favorite things being an uncle. Yeah, it takes a lot of work to be an uncle. It's just your uh, relatives producing kids. That's a big uh, accomplishment by you. Yeah, no, I take a lot of pride and congrats on that. Now, Will, you are from Montana. Correct. You are a high school, Montana High School Player of the <laughs> Well, Cap, I have to give a lot of credit to my teammates. I had a... <laughs> all six of them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's all I have.
4: Well, you're better at football than interviewing. Cap? Thank you.
3: It's not saying much. Wow. Wow. Montana State. You know what that reminds me of? When Steve Scheffler won the Big Ten Player of the Year. Remember that? Yes. And he came to... I didn't know he'd won the Big Ten Player of the Year at Purdue because I wasn't watching Purdue basketball. He came to Seattle with the Sonics, and about three or four years in, I'm asking myself, how did that guy win the Big Ten Player of the Year at Purdue? And he shot like 70% from the field because every shot was a layup or a dunk. And he's exactly right about, by the way, what it takes to be an uncle unless there's one factor... If your brother's a total putz, it is hard to be an uncle. Because then your nieces and nephews are calling you for everything. <laughs> and trust me, I know. We got time for one more. Are we done? No? Oh, we got to go. All right, we got to go. Uh, Hugh Miller's going to join us coming up at 5 o'clock tonight right here on 93.3 FM.
1: Feel the wingspan of Seattle's sports leader. We're keeping you connected so you can hear us anywhere. Follow us on Twitter at 93.3 KJR.
7: Kraken Game Day traffic brought to you by Snoqualmie Casino. I'm Tia Moffat. Ful-
1: this is Sports Radio ninety three point three KJR FM. All
3: right, Hugh Mellon will join us coming up five o'clock tonight. Lots of stuff to go over with Huey. uh, Oregon UW, uh coming up tomorrow. Uh, the Jeff Saturday hiring in Indianapolis. Can't wait to get Hugh's take on all that at five o'clock tonight. Uh, 6 p.m., the Yodeling Dominatrix, a.k.a. the Austrian Amazon, uh, will join us on the radio show. Get us ready for the game in Munich on Sunday. She was born in Frankfurt, Germany, Mm -hmm. and she's going to tell us if you want to wake up early on Sunday and tailgate like a German getting ready for the game in Munich. She'll tell you how to do it on Sunday. So that's coming up at 6 p.m. Kraken, Minnesota, face-off 7 o'clock, pregame 6.30. Mike Benton from the Mothership is going to swing by as well and talk some hockey with us about 6.20 right before we get to pregame. But uh, I want to get some texts into 49451 for testimonials. next segment. I want to know why Husky fans hate Oregon and vice versa. If you're an Oregon mm-hmm. fan, tell us why you hate Washington because I hear it from both sides, namely the Oregon side because they're the ones that are dominating this series now, uh 20 and 6 in the last 26 meetings and they'll talk about how hey, it doesn't even matter. You're a little brother. We don't even care anymore. Well, okay, well then why all the talking every year? Yeah. Why all the yak and why all the Twitter uh, uh, accounts created just to go after dog fans every single year? And I like it like that. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. To the victor go the spoils. But I think if any Oregon fan tells me that it's no longer satisfying for them to beat Washington, I think they're a liar. They're full of it. Mm
4: -hmm. Well, especially if they're, you know, of the vintage of people like we are that grew up where Washington was kicking Oregon's. But I can kind of understand a guy Jackson's age. That's an Oregon fan That's kind of like I I really don't Step into the world Of power Loyalty
0: And luck I'm gonna make him An offer he can't refuse With family Cannolis And spins Mean everything Now You wanna get mixed up In the family business Introducing The Godfather At ChompaCasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome
4: to the
5: family.
1: VDW Group. No purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
4: Trash talk Washington that much? Because I've I mentioned it y- yesterday on the air that I've seen it firsthand. I mean, there are no classless. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
4: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. People that I've ever met in the sports world, and I have been to... I don't know, probably 10 or 12 road venues where the Huskies have played. Right. Some of them multiple times. I've been to probably five or six road venues where the Seahawks have played some multiple times. And there's it's there's not even a close second yeah. to the classless nature of the, really, it's the 45-plus-year-old Oregon fans. Because the Oregon fans of Jackson's age and younger that I've met have actually been pretty cool. And I can actually buy if a 25, 30-year-old says, yeah, I don't, I mean, I really don't care that much about talking smack to Washington. Why would you? You've won like 15 of 18, so you don't really have to talk any smack. Well, you just
3: reverse it. If you're a Washington fan and you're in your early 30s, this is really all you know. And if you're an Oregon fan in your early 30s, this is really all you know. I mean, you don't have any other. I mean, uh, going back to 1990, Washington has won since the game in 1990, UW has won four, eight, they've won 10 games in 33 years against the Oregon Ducks, okay? So, yeah, I mean, it stinks for OGs like us because it's almost like, hey, there's something wrong with the Matrix here. Like, somebody programmed this thing the wrong way. You get the wrong software. There's a glitch in the system because it's totally reversed. You go back to what things were like between the early 70s and the early 90s, and it was the exact opposite. So I want to get some thoughts on the text line 49451 on why Oregon fans hate Washington and why Washington fans hate Oregon. You know, what's
4: something's very impressive about this rivalry since 1990. Every single one of the winners in this rivalry game, mm-hmm. except for four years, mm-hmm. have been ranked yeah. when the game concluded. Yeah. Contrast that with like 1960 to 1990. Okay. And there was only six or seven times when the winner was ranked.
3: Well, how often have both teams been ranked? Well, many times. In the last 26 no, 27 early years,
4: in 2000s, they yeah, were both ranked. Right. And then
3: recently they were yeah, both ranked. But, but in that middle 80% not, not
4: not a not lot of much. At all. No. You know, I was looking I I was looking at a uh, a tweet here that I decided to make a poll question on because okay. that's kind of what I like to you do. You got a poll? I do, I do I do have ball. a poll and I, I saw a tweet from College Football Film Room. Mhm says Roman Dunze and Jalen McMillan have emerged as Washington's most dangerous duo wide receiver since John Ross and Dante Pettis in their final four year of two thousand sixteen and it has receptions of ten plus yards downfield. Right. Okay. Pettis and Ross had twenty seven apiece in two thousand sixteen. Okay. Adunze has 22 and McMillan has 19, so they are on pace. Adunze's on pace to pass Pettis and Ross. Mm -hmm. McMillan's on pace right about to get to Pettis and Ross, so I decided to put a poll question up there. Okay. Which duo
3: would you take? Pettis, Ross, or Adunze and McMillan? Oh, that's a good question, and... Uh, I hadn't thought about it much until you just brought it up. Uh, I'm looking at something now that is actually very interesting to me. So Michael Penix has thrown the ball 391 times so far this year. How many times do you think Jake Browning threw the ball in 2016? About 3191 times. 391 times. Oh, my God, exactly the same. <laughs> it's the exact number, and Michael Penix has four games left to go. Yeah. Three games in the regular season and the bowl game. So those guys were doing that with an offense that's probably going to throw the ball damn near 200 times less, 175 that's true. times less that's true. than this team will. I also think that that team had a much better running game than this team does. That team had Gaskin and Coleman. Uh, and I think that team also may have had a better offensive line. Nick Harris was in the NFL for a while. He's still maybe, by the way. McGarry's in the NFL, obviously. Yeah, Harris is injured, but he's, he's in the NFL. Right. Yeah. so I, I think those guys had better players around them than these guys do, which may actually speak more to a and McMillan doing what they're doing kind of on their own. The Husky offense right now, let's face it, is kind of a one-trick pony, right, when they mm-hmm. throw the football. They got a decent running game, but it's not a phenomenal running game. I mean, Wayne Talapapa and Cam Davis aren't scaring anybody as far as defensive coordinators go. So if they go to Oregon and they win this game tomorrow, they're going to have to do it and know that Oregon is knowing how they're doing it by throwing the ball 50 times. So, look, you kind of got to wait and see what happens, too, in the draft, the next level. One of those guys was a first-round draft pick and the fastest college football player ever in John Ross. That's right. And the other guy was maybe one of the best punt return men in the history of the NCAA, and certainly the best ever at Washington. No doubt about that. So I think it's a great question. I think Roma
4: Dunze's pro career easily eclipses Dante's and John Ross. It will probably yeah. Yeah. yeah, probably combined. Well, I, mean, I think not Rome's much,
3: gonna... there's not much there to be fair, right? True, John but I, Ross mean, I and think
4: I would be more surprised if Rome doesn't have like a upside of like somebody's number one wide receiver and like a top. 20-ish wide
3: receiver in wow. the NFL.
4: Wow. I think, okay. he's, a, I think he's like wow. a second-round
3: draft pick. Well, the difference is, and I'm very curious to see what happens here. I love him. Well, of course you'll love him. He plays for the Huskies, and he's kicking ass right now. But Rob Ring pointed this out. I think he's exactly right, that Roma Dunze is going to have to fight his way to get open in the NFL. Ryan Grubb, for the most part, is calling plays That's that right. result in him and Jalen and Taj and Giles and, and other receivers being wide open uh, in the zone. And I don't see that happening in the NFL. I mean, I thought he did a great job on Saturday night when Oregon State got physical. As the game went on, he got more physical. But if he wants to do what you're talking about in the NFL, he's going to have to fight through press coverage, fight through contact. It drives me nuts how people make excuses for wide receivers. Well, the DB was all over him. Well, the DB is all over you on every play in the NFL. you got to find a way to fight through it. So I'm very curious to see when he goes from this system to, to a system in the National Football League that doesn't result in guys getting wide open how he does against mm-hmm. that physical contact.
4: Looking at a, a scout right here on profootballnetwork.com. Uh, this was just last week. It says, The tape presents Dunze as a clear... Top 10 wide receiver prospect in the draft, a clear early round prospect overall, and a potential Mm -hmm. first round sleeper. I love it.
3: Uh, Yeah, good for him. I mean, again, John Ross was a first round draft pick and fell apart in the NFL. because Ross was also tiny. Right, but he also had a 4'3", 5'40", right? He was was the fastest guy in the history of the combine. You thought maybe that would make up for it. So, I mean, you're right. Rome's body style is, I think, one that would have an easier time surviving in the National Football League. But again... He's going to have to be able to play a physical brand of football. Mm-hmm. I think he can do it. And I think we saw it on Saturday night against Oregon State. That's Oregon State. Right. What happens when this guy's going up against the freaking Jets and Sauce Gardner? Well, like for, you say, he's going to be
4: running wide open right, tomorrow, right, which is great for, sure. for us.
3: Absolutely. All right, 440, little text of coming up next. Hugh Millen joins us at 5 right here on 93.3 KJRFM.
1: Stay in touch with Seattle's sports leader anywhere, anytime. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash 933KJR.
5: Cracking Game Day Traffic brought to you by Snoqualmie Casino. I'm Tamma Fulton. Three, two, ah. got it. Oh.
1: For the Huskies are all over it like the fish and game. Without the fish part, Saturday, the dogs against the Oregon Ducks. Our Husky Honks game day starts at noon from Dino's Pub in Renton. Then it's the dogs and ducks kickoff at four. And you know how Husky fans feel about that. People hate Oregon, right? Our exclusive Bag and the Bird broadcast is brought to you by your home for the Huskies Sports Radio 93.3, KJR FL. Touchdown Huskies!
6: Coming to you, live from the Elliott Avenue studios of Sports Radio, KJR. This is testimonials. LOL, semicolon, parentheses. Take it away, Dave Softy-Mahler. And Dick Fane.
3: All right, a little uh, Stats are for Losers, by the way, coming up at 545 tonight on the radio program. Stats are for Losers. Uh, Manuela Horn, the yodeling dominatrix, a.k.a. the Austrian Amazon via Frankfurt, Germany, going to join us. In studio, 6 p.m. Full costume, by the way, which is wait. not a lot of costume, i got to be honest well. with you. She'll be here, and she'll give us an idea of how you can tailgate like a German. On Sunday morning before the Hawks and the Bucks in Munich. We'll be at the Emerald Queen Casino for that game. Uh, 6.30 kickoff. Dino's Pub as well. Doors open at 6 a.m. We'll be at Dino's also tomorrow at 12 p.m. for the Husky Hawks before UW-Oregon 49451. I'm sensing a big oregon u flavor on testimonials today. Uh, brought to you by our friends at Tullamore Do. When it's game
6: time, it's teletime. Jackson, what do you got? Some fat feast, bearded Oregon douche in a North Face vest. This needs to be played more today, please. Some fat-faced, bearded Oregon douche, you know, in a North <laughs> Face vest.
3: It really does characterize the Oregon fan to oh. a key. God. Fat-faced Oregon douche wearing a North Face vest. <laughs> he just the only party left out was stepping out of a trailer. Well, or a trucker hat, right? Uh what was the hat that uh Seabass wore, Cam Neely and Dumb and Dumber? Hey, Remember guys, the hat? C-Bass. No, I think it said wine em dine 'em and 69', didn't it? I think it? it did. On the hat? I think it did. I think that's what it wore. What he oh. said. I mean, that is just freaking perfect. Well, I lo- some fat face? bearded Oregon douche, you know, in a North <laughs> Face vest. I
4: love the fact that he's not even a Washington fan, and yet he says it with
3: such disdain and disgust that any Husky fan would appreciate uh, it. I mean, that should be on a t-shirt. Really, that saying should be on a t-shirt or at least a bumper sticker.
6: Alright, what's next? <laughs> I hate Oregon cause they think they are the boss and they are not. Hmm. I have met very young Oregon fans that have hate toward Washington, and why would you?
3: Uh, I think because they know how much it bothers you. That's why. They like rubbing it in. And I don't blame them. I don't blame yeah. them. And look, most of these young Oregon fans were spawned by older Oregon parents mm-hmm. who probably taught their kids that hating Washington is the way of the world. I get
4: it. I just remember having no animosity towards Oregon until 1994 because there was no reason for me to have animosity to Oregon until 1994. And, and you know, that Washington, correct me if I'm wrong, but Washington has been... Better as a football team over the last twenty years than Oregon was as a football team in the twenty years prior to ninety four. Mm. Oh, don't yeah. you? That I mean, mean Oregon well, was a like yeah.
3: a they were a nothing. You got that eight or nine year run where it was just a black hole of nothing at Washington. So I don't know. I mean, if we're assigning a was point it eight or nine years, well, from two thousand and three. 2003 was Gilby's year when they started off by getting drilled by Ohio State. 2003 to 2009, that's the black era. Seven years. dark era. Seven years. So if we're assigning a point value to each year, zero to 10, there might be more years closer to zero for UW than 10 for Oregon. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and look at it. But see, that
4: was but that I was won't. basically, our 2003 to 2009 was basically Oregon's
3: existence leading <sighs> up to the mid-90s. I mean, does it matter? They're 20-6 and six against us yeah, in the last true. 26 seasons. That's Who true. cares? And by the way, this is a great chance to plug the thing that you wrote for our website, which people can go check out. It's awesome. Yeah, the thing that I wrote for the website. that took me about 30 seconds. It was, that, a, that it was really good. All right, read the thing I wrote for the website. It's go. on there,
6: 933kjr.com. What's next? Oregon fans are classless. I had one friend get hit with a bag of pee in Eugene and another hit (laughs) in the head with a full can of beer. Complete trash in Eugene.
3: So when you do the bag of pee thing, because they do that in Mexico a lot for soccer games, right? They throw bags. of. Yeah. Brian Schmetzer has told us that, that yeah. they throw Lord. Ziploc bags full of urine. Do they bring the Ziploc bag full of urine into the game, or do you bring the Ziploc bag in and then go into the bathroom and yeah. pee in the Ziploc you fill bag? It, you
4: fill it up there. Oh. Okay,
3: and then you walk around with a bag of pee in your pocket and well, waiting for the right moment. You very quickly go and throw it, yeah. Very quickly. What's the shelf life on a bag of pee? <laughs> thirty seconds. The, before that thing falls apart.
4: In the thirty-eight years. Hey, man,
3: you're leaking from your pocket. Oh
4: God. In the <laughs> what, I guess thirty in the thirty-six years between nineteen fifty-eight oh, and nineteen ninety-four. There we go again. All right. How many conference championships did the Oregon Ducks win? Uh zero. You're exactly right. Yeah. Ring the bell. Okay. So even in our
3: dark era, if this is what you call this. So you're saying our dark era. Is not as dark as their dark exactly era. That's exactly right. God, we are grasping at straws. <laughs> that's what you got to do when you're tw- when you're six and twenty
4: we in the are last 26 really years. Really
6: grasping at straws. All right, what's next? In the late Minties, I was at a Carhartt store in Vancouver, Washington, with my dad. I was wearing a Husky's hat. A worker there was a duck fan, and he followed me around the store, quacking at me.
3: Did he say he was at a Carhartt store? Carhartt is that what store, he said? Yeah. Because that's perfect for this. Uh, some
6: fat face bearded
3: Oregon douche, you know, in a (laughs) North Face vest, walking out of a Carhartt store. And a Carhartt (laughs) hat.
6: (laughs) What's next? Oregon yawns when beating U-Dub. They get more excited about beating Utah or USC. Hmm.
4: That's uh, not true. I don't believe that's that the case at all. That is not true at all. No. I think you're lying. Duck fans would tell you that. Right. Beaver fans would tell you that.
3: No. No way. No. No way. I'm with you. And like Did you say in BYU or Utah? Uh, I think you said Utah. Okay. I, don't, you I don't give a crap about I, Utah. I don't believe that even Oregon fans would say that about Washington. Because as I've told you, I think the BCS championship game, the final four appearance, the Rose Bowls, the number one thing that Oregon fans have on their resume is completely flipping the rivalry on its side against UW. That brings them joy, massive amounts of joy every single day. Oregon fans can procreate without even having sex. All they got to do is think about Washington and out pops a baby. That's how fired up they
6: get. (laughs) All right, one more. Go ahead. Rain into Ed Dixon yesterday. Gave my condolences for his loss this Saturday. Oh, oh, let's man. go, dogs. That bad idea. Side note, he's a super nice guy.
3: Yeah, Ed Dixon, the former uh, Baltimore Raven, too? Is yeah, right? I yeah. saw Ed
6: Dixon last yeah. year at the
4: Oregon-Washington game. Remember
3: the uh, Joey Heisman uh, billboard in Times Square 20 years ago? Remember that? Yeah. Remember that, Jackson? Are you too young for that? Too young. Joey Harrington, Joey Heisman. They, they made a billboard of Joey Harrington promoting him for the Heisman Trophy and stuck it in Times-frickin'-square. So, yeah, I mean, they've got some marketing dollars behind them. I think anybody who coaches the Oregon Ducks, really, unless they're a complete bum like Willie Taggart or Mark Helfrich, they should be able to win down there. Absolutely. you got everything you need. Yeah. You can't win down there, then you're a bum. Well, that's amazing. I mean, it really shows you how bad – Mario
4: Cristobal was as a game coach. Oh, he was not good as a game because, coach. Because my sure. god, could he get yeah.
3: talent and the guy could just never reach the top of the mountain. Well, he could recruit. Uh he also won a Rose Bowl there too, don't forget that. Did he not win a Rose Bowl against Wisconsin when he was yeah. in Oregon? Yeah, Justin Herbert. I mean, what's the <laughs> Well, and who recruited Justin Herbert? I believe Mark Helfridge that's, recruited that's Justin right. Herbert. So you're saying without Justin Herbert, Mario Cristobal never would have won the Rose of Bowl at Oregon. You okay. believe that? Uh Well, I'd like to know who he would have brought in.
7: Let's just say he has a day
3: and age of the transfer portal. Who knows what he just has a good Pac-12 quarter. I don't think they would have won the Rose Bowl unless they had a above average, maybe even super duper near the top of the conference quarterback. I agree with that. I also think that Mario Cristobal is a hell of a recruiter. I also think that Hurricane fans are already pissed off at him down there in Miami. Because they're watching him coach They games. want him fired already. All right, we're going to break. Hugh Millen's going to join us next on Sports Radio 93.3 KJR-FM.
1: Now you don't ever have to miss one of your favorite shows. We're available anytime, anywhere. Just search our podcasts at 933kjr.com slash podcasts. The best way to watch football
7: at Emerald Queen